Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up. up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Russian three, dropping eight. Uyangalale steps up, loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sucked this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. We're glad you are with us back here on a Tuesday night, December the 1st, 2020. We have tons to talk about this week, including scheduling nightmares, QB crossroads, and bad football. But make sure you are following us on all of our social media channels, Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Instagram is at Huddle Up Pod. Make sure you follow us on YouTube as well as subscribe on all podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon, and uh, Spotify as well. Go to NGSC Sports, their home network, NGSCSports.com. We also stream daily at Liebsports.com. We are, uh, of course, back here. Sean, uh, Brother Sean here with us on a on a Tuesday night. Sean, how you doing? Doing good. A little cold. Uh, broadcast on the... Uh... In the Florida room on the screen and porch, and uh, we're in the 40s, which is the Florida equivalent of a of a cold <laughs> snap or a Arctic blast or whatever it is. People down here are losing their minds, um, and I didn't know after a few years if I'd catch up with them. I, I'm still really enjoying it. I'd much rather this than the than the opposite. So, you know, I can always put the jacket on and and do my thing. But uh, who'd have thought when we missed last week's broadcast uh, that we would still get the chance to talk about? 
uh, a week 12 game that hadn't been played. Uh, pretty pretty crazy stuff uh, <laughs> broadcasting midweek here on a Tuesday. Uh, so so I'm excited to get into some football, Tom. Yeah, and uh, also joining us this week for the uh, the first portion of the show is a longtime friend of mine, uh, podcast friend of mine, Nick Ficarelli, the mad scientist of sports. Nick, how you doing here on a Tuesday night? Doing really good. Thanks for having me on. Talk about wacky world of sports, college football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's 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 all nuts. Like Sean said, uh, we still have an NFL game to go in week number twelve. Uh, that is tomorrow, and I thought we were going to be able to uh, talk about that as it was happening here tonight, uh, but uh, that is actually tomorrow night. So um, for, for those uh, that are still have fantasy in play, still have betting in play, uh, you know, take care of those things on your own time. We're not going to talk about Week 12 of the National Football League. We're going to look even further ahead later on to Week 13. We're also going to talk college football. Uh, but guys, uh, kicking off the show tonight, uh, the, the latest round of the, the college football playoff rankings came out. We'll talk about uh, some of the issues with the Big Ten. It, it obviously uh, will have some impact uh, as we discuss the, um, you know, the, the, the rankings tonight and, and where Ohio State fell and, and the situation with them and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but as we look down the top ten, I'll run it down here. Alabama uh, remains at number one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three. Ohio State four, A and M five, Florida six. I think that that all stayed the same. Cincinnati still seven, uh, Georgia, Iowa State, and Miami uh, round out your uh, your your top ten uh, in the college football playoff. Earlier today, uh, it was announced uh, that that Clemson and Notre Dame's final game next weekend uh, have both been uh, postponed or canceled, not even postponed. Uh, so they will close out their seasons this week. Uh, Notre Dame already has uh, a guaranteed spot in the uh, uh, ACC championship game coming up later on uh, this month. Uh, so as we look at the as we look at this college football uh, uh, top ten, obviously the top twenty five. But but at this point, anybody outside the top ten, I, I think, is uh, in terms of a, a, a potential playoff spot, I think is pretty much written out. So uh, just just kind of looking at the top five itself. Or in top ten, um, you know, for me, I, I'm looking at this and barring some sort of uh, unforeseen uh, situation where Clemson and or Notre Dame loses this week, both those teams go to the ACC title game. Um, I think personally, we'll, we'll we'll start at Notre Dame. I think barring some sort of huge uh, unforeseen situation this weekend against Syracuse, or you know, a a a absolute throttling at the hands of Clemson, which I don't think is going to happen this year. You know, I, I know they have Trevor Lawrence back. We saw them play earlier this season. I, I I don't see at this point Notre Dame not making it to the college football playoff. Alabama is probably in that discussion as well. We'll go to you first, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point with the uh, <clears throat> with the win at Clemson and, and you know, the other um, – games are on the schedule you, you had enough um I, they're not the usual Notre Dame quality wins um but that win at North Carolina was uh was um a pretty handed win you know you, you get down there um you find yourself in a in, in kind of a pressure cooker in the first half uh and then you come out and just realize you know let's just play our game uh and they they, they found themselves winning um fairly easily by the end so 
I, I think escaping that, there's really not a lot. You look at the other teams around, and if Notre Dame comes out with one loss, and that loss is to Clemson, who, you know, we've seen the, the college playoff committee before uh, with teams like Ohio State. You're kind of seeing it now with them sitting at four. Um, the teams that are these proverbial powerhouses, especially with Alabama, uh, seem to always kind of have a position there. And I think Clemson's become one of those teams. So if your only loss is to one of those uh, kind of Mount Rushmore teams, I don't see any reason, you know, even if it's by, you know, a touchdown or two, maybe even three, uh, as long as it's, it looked good um, and, and you didn't look uh, completely unprepared for Trevor Lawrence, I, I don't see any reason or any scenario where one of those teams on the outside uh, were to catch the Irish. Nick, how about you? I do agree with the both of you. The only thing that I would be worried about if I were a fan of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish is a complete and utter throttling with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. It would kind of diminish the win that they had earlier in the season, knowing that Trevor Lawrence did not play that game. Right. Now, there is precedence in this happening. I mean, look at the Ohio State-Wisconsin game from a few years ago where Ohio State won like 61-7 to or something like that. And Wisconsin pretty much was like, nice knowing you have a good, have a good day. You, you just <laughs> lost your spot in the, uh, in the, uh, in the playoff. And you could also say the same thing if that were to happen in Notre Dame. If they come out and if they get completely wiped by Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, say, throwing this out there, it's just a score, like 45 to 10 or something like that. What will the college football playoff committee think of that first game against Clemson? I mean, it does, it will hold a lot of weight. Now, if Notre Dame plays really good, they lose only say they only lose by four points, they stay with Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, it doesn't hurt them in the least. They deserve a top four, but top fourth uh, position. The problem that we are running into, though, gentlemen, is we have no idea who's even going to be eligible to be in a top four. <laughs> Yeah, you know that, that that's the hard thing, and and you know looking at the the, the rankings as they came out tonight, you know I, I'm still a little I, I I still feel a little uneasy, and I understand that that this is a week to week ranking. We've seen it over the last couple of years, um, so it doesn't matter where you are in the first one, second one, fifth one. It's where you matter and where you end up in in the final one. So you know Ohio State being there, and I, I know on ESPN they were trying to make a lot out of the fact that the, that the committee did put Ohio State at number four, even though they've only played four games. Um, to me, Ohio State, and, and, and this is where we'll kind of include the, the issues with the Big Ten, because we've, we've already seen Wisconsin, they're ineligible for the Big Ten title game. If Ohio State doesn't play either this weekend against Michigan State and or next weekend against Michigan, they are ineligible for the Big Ten title game, and and for me, you know, I know they were trying to make a case, and I get it. it's it's a TV show, it's ratings, it's it's all of that. To me, Ohio State needs to play at least one of these. You know, they need to play these final two games, and they need to play and win that Big Ten title game. I don't think an Ohio State team uh, that's four and zero or five and zero that doesn't play in the Big Ten title game will be or should be eligible for the Big Ten title game, or for the for the college football playoff. That said, do I think Ohio State is one of the four best teams in the country? I do. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not. However, how are you going to justify 
putting a 4-0 or 5-0 team whose best win is against Indiana. And, and Indiana is a good football team sitting currently at number 12. Um, but that's a game you, you only won by a touchdown. So how are you going to justify putting that team over a, you know, what, 8-1 and one Texas A&M who's only lost to, to Alabama, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a Cincinnati team who's probably going to be undefeated? You know, I, I just – I have a hard time – hell, even a, a Georgia team who might have two losses, but those two losses would be to Texas A&M and Alabama. Like, I just have a hard time uh, – and Nick will go to you first this time. I, I have a hard time seeing Ohio State, uh, you know, whether or not they actually do get put in. To me, they, they should not be in the college football playoff this year with only four or five games. It is a very dicey situation that the Big Ten is in right now. It's also a very dicey situation for the college football playoff committee. We do know that Ohio State did not play last week due to the fact of COVID. Mm -hmm. And there is a very good chance that they might not be able to play this weekend. Right. We don't know yet. We will probably know by either Thursday or Friday what that situation is. If they don't play this weekend – they would have to play the rest of they would have to play the rest of the games to be somewhat eligible for the college football playoff. I agree with you, Jim. They are one of the best four teams in the country, bar none. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The thing is, if you don't if you don't have the games played, you will be deemed ineligible. We already saw that happen with Wisconsin. Right now, if I'm not mistaken coming out of the West is either going to be Northwestern or Iowa. Correct. So you already know it's going to be one of those teams coming out of the West for the East. It could be Ohio state, but if not, it's going to be Indiana. Now with all due respect, Northwestern versus Indiana in the big tension <clears throat> game is something that not many people were, would really be looking forward to, you know, especially Fox and, let's face it, Kevin Warren will probably be banging <laughs> his head against the wall a hundred times over. But something weird happened yesterday and today that really puts everything into perspective of what we're looking what we're looking at here. Pat Forty on Sports Illustrated's Forty Yard Dash in his third down made mention of Ohio state possibly being ineligible. And he said that the team that actually holds all the cards right now, shockingly is Michigan. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because they just came out with a couple of positive tests for their team. Now, right now it seems like they're still going to play. But there is the distinct possibility that if it morphs into, you know, something worse, they may not be able to play this weekend or next weekend. And right. what's next weekend? The game. The, <laughs> the big game. In a way, Jim Harbaugh can say, go scratch to Ryan Day, and Ohio State will be left out holding the hands. Now, Kirk Herbstreet, me and Jim mentioned this earlier in, his, uh, in, a, in our talk prior to the show, went on the college football playoff show and said, 
you, you know, and land based in Michigan saying that they could actually do that. Now, of course, he started walking it back because like hundreds and hundreds of people were probably tweeting at him are, like, are you nuts? Are you insane? You're an idiot and all that good stuff. That's the clean version of what probably <laughs> happened on Twitter. But this is the conundrum the Big Ten finds itself in. What is Kevin Warren going to do? Now, something that was said years ago by the predecessor to Kevin Warren, Jim Delaney, if you don't win your college, your your conference championship, if you're right. not the conference champion, you do not deserve to play in the college football playoff. If Ohio State is ineligible, what happens? It's kind of obvious that the Big Ten this year will not have someone in the college football playoff if Ohio State is deemed ineligible. Yeah. Now, you're talking your marquee school in in sports right now, in football, I should say. To leave them out would be catastrophic for the Big Ten. Well, I, I mean, the, the Big Ten, you know, the Big Ten has, has faced a lot of crit- criticism throughout this entire COVID process because of the delays to start and, um, you know, the, the, the no off weeks and everything. So so it, it, they gave themselves a tight window that they had to uh, work with in any way. And obviously we've seen with, with Wisconsin already, potentially Ohio State, uh, that, they, they, that they are having these, uh, you know, these major issues as we're coming up on uh, the end of the season, you know, and, and you know, with... I don't necessarily agree with the notion that if you don't win a conference championship that you shouldn't be eligible because, because I mean, quite frankly, um, you know, part of the reason that the college football playoff, and Sean, we'll get to you here um, with, with this Big Ten issue, but part of the reason that the, the, the college football playoff was created was to kind of eliminate the automatic bids and all of that nonsense that the BCS created. So you're, you're ideally getting the, the, the four best teams. However, you know, as we've seen across the board and has been said across the board, you know, th- this year has presented the, the, the most ridiculous set of, of challenges and whatnot that, that we've ever seen. And so like, you know, if, if Clemson wins the ACC title game, and it's close. We've already kind of said, like, Notre Dame is probably still going to be in the playoff. They're not going to be an ACC champion, but they passed the eye test. To me, it's more the number of games uh, for Ohio State. Sean? Uh, yeah, I, I think the, you know, we talked early in the season, the Big Ten, you know, as far as the situation they find themselves in, um, has kind of done it to themselves mm-hmm. uh, by not declaring as early as other conferences and saying, well, we're not going to play. And then be like, well, wait a minute. We kind of would like some game checks. Uh, let's get in there uh, and put together this this you know kind of measly you know handful of game season by not joining the party right away and waiting a few weeks to kind of change your mind and back your way into the season and finding a way to make it work and become eligible for a college football playoff and already having to fight through that nightmare. Um, this was already um, kind of in play. Like you kind of knew this was a potential thing. With any type of outbreak like this, having less games is already going to set you up for the possibility of failure, even if you were in the conference championship game. Like even if that rule wasn't in play and it was just, hey, we played you know six, seven games, uh, you guys played ten, we still think we're better, and it's up to a group of people to decide, you know, 
if you'd have played four more, you know, would anyone have gotten tired? Like, could have someone gotten hurt? Like, like there's all these in, you know, kind of intangibles in the college game. Um, not to mention, you know, you know, college football in general, um, you know, you can tell me like, well, we know Ohio state's the best and we know they're in the top four and this and that. Um, unfortunately, I mean, college football is, is, is the one place where, um, your resume comes into question every year. It's the reason teams try to blow other teams out to prove they're better than the other teams that played them. It's the reason why teams have, you know, stopped scheduling as many patsies in their out of conference games because all of a sudden to get into this playoff, yeah, you have, you know, four teams have a shot instead of two, but you know, with the way it shakes up, there's there's more teams, you know, kind of fighting for four than would have normally when it was back to just two teams back in the day, um you know, there's a lot of years there's there's a big fall off from like two to three, bigger than there is from like four to five. So so you really need to pack your resume full. And when you're you're already setting yourself up with less games, it's very hard to do that. Um, I think A&M holds a very interesting card playing a ranked Auburn team this week. Um, you know, they they um, they get a chance to to maybe jump in and, and, and force some teams to win a championship game to get them back out. I, I don't really know how that how that fully shakes up, but. Um, but yeah, if you ask me if, if the two games aren't played and whether Michigan's going to, going to kind of hardball them and, um, and do what they want to do or whether COVID just strikes again, um, I, I don't necessarily, do I feel sorry for the players at Ohio state, those kids that are, that are out there, you know, kind of trying their best to get there. Sure. Who wouldn't feel bad for those kids, but do I feel bad for the big 10 itself? Not really. I feel like when yeah. you made that kind of mistake early and, you know, when you're kind of backtracking to, to sneak into a season and, and try to get a share of the pie, um, and then you don't get represented because you can't put together a good championship game, I don't feel bad for you. Now, I did have a question as far as the um, – so Ohio State say they don't play this week or next. Uh, ineligible. I know the Big Ten planned on slating a full slate of games that week uh, alongside their championship game. Would the teams still play – one of those non-championship games or would I, I w- they be ineligible for anything that week i haven't seen anything but i would assume um that, that they would have they would probably try to schedule something and if i'm if right. i'm all if i'm the big 10 i'm scheduling wisconsin I'm, and Ohio State. exactly i was just about to say that because that's that's your best chance to backdoor ohio state into, ohio the, state into the give them a better opponent than they would have gotten and you know maybe which, that's which the that's the funny thing that nobody has actually talked about. Sean. that is that is a fantastic yeah, point. Yeah, because I thought about it going into this week is is if if Ohio State doesn't get in by a technicality, couldn't they still play the other team that didn't get in because of a technicality? Right, because all the teams are playing on championship game. weekend to give them an extra game. Because I'll tell you what, if it was, and I was scheduling TV that week. Sure. I'll tell you what, sure. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that or yeah, not. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, think we'll be able, I think we'll be able to do it, but when you declare when your when your team is declared ineligible from participating in the college football championship game, I would think the Big, Ten will, try, the Big Ten will try to schedule something so the kids can play a game. But I would not be surprised if both Wisconsin and Ohio State say thanks, but no thanks, because they're seniors that are going to start getting ready for the NFL draft. It's really a game in which you have nothing to play for. They might not even – here's something that – another thing that people have to think about. You know, these two teams, if they're not eligible to play in a college football playoff game, do they play 
in do they say yes to an invitation to a New Year's bowl game or any other bowl game you're contracted to for the Big Ten? You know, there's a what do you call it? It's like a I I don't want to say butterfly effect, but there's there's like a domino effect, I should say. There you go. A domino effect on this of what could possibly happen. Because We've seen a lot of college football players this year opt out from playing this season because they wanted to be safe rather than be sorry. Sure. Especially players on teams that are that are eligible, you know, like highly ranked teams, eligible to play for, you know, in the play, in the playoffs. You know, we've seen it with LSU. We've seen it with a couple of other with a couple of the big uh, the uh, big Big Twelve schools. You know, a lot of players are like. I don't want to get hurt in a truncated season. I'm going to sit it out and I will take whatever I have and go play and, you know, and attempt, you know, to work on my draft stock for next year without playing college football this year. Sure. If you're ineligible, Ohio state, Wisconsin, any other team that's deemed ineligible, I could see players saying, no, they're going to opt out you know, and just say, no, I can see the tip uh, possibly the school saying, I do not accept your invitation to play in a contract, a bowl game for the sheer fact that we don't, for the sheer fact that, you know, uh, COVID. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see a lot of schools opt out a bowl game. Some, I mean, some bowl games we've already yeah. seen, I know the, the, uh, pinstripe bowl and the, um, the sun bowl have already been postponed just because of the, the, the COVID issue. But I mean, those are, smaller level bowl games, you know, lesser tier games. But I think, I think to Sean's point and, and, and this, you know, and, and this is something that uh, we can look in and kind of monitor on our social media is like, if you're Ohio state and and you can't play one of these final two games, if I'm the big 10, if I'm Ohio state and if they are eligible to play that championship weekend, not in the big 10 championship game, because they're, they're ineligible for that. But every team in the Big Ten is is playing that weekend a, a game just kind of thrown together. Yeah, they're doing like cross. Yeah, I think they're doing a lot of cross playing. Yeah, just just, just to, to get, get guys an extra extra game, game in because they had a, a shorter schedule than everybody else. If I'm Ohio State, I'm saying get me Wisconsin. If I'm the Big Ten, I'm oh, saying yeah. make that game happen because that is possibly your opportunity. Because and and this is where we'll close up the. Um, so we'll we'll kind of look at that and and possibly touch back on it next week Sean um and 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 we'll look at that but here's the thing so let's let's hypothesize that Ohio State becomes ineligible whether it's this week versus Michigan State next week uh versus uh next week versus Michigan one of those two games doesn't happen they're not eligible for the Big Ten title game theoretically they are out now let's assume Alabama wins out Clemson beats Notre Dame by less than 10 so let's assume that Alabama Clemson, Notre Dame, all make it into the to the uh, college football playoff. So okay. that so now looking at, at the rest of the top ten, you have Texas A and M, Florida. At that point, probably eliminated because they lost to Alabama in the uh, in the SEC title game. And A and M. So that, that would give Florida two losses. Um, so then you have Cincinnati. Let's hypothesize they they finish out the year. They go undefeated. Win the AAC, uh, then you still have Georgia, Iowa State, probably gonna probably gonna win the Big Twelve. Uh, Miami's out of there. Oklahoma, uh, I- Indiana, they're gonna be probably playing in the Big Ten title game 
against uh, you know Northwestern or Iowa. So really, you're you're kind of looking at Texas A&M, Cincinnati. Let's say Iowa State wins the Big Twelve, Indiana wins the Big Ten. So Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson get in. Who's your fourth team? Is it Texas A&M? Is it Cincinnati? Is it Iowa State? Or is it Indiana? To me, I think this is the best case scenario for that Cinderella. Uh, maybe you know the 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 AAC, the no name. This is the spot that UCF wished they were in a couple years ago. Um, I think this is the year you put in Cincinnati because they're going to go undefeated. Now, like I, I, I hate sliding Texas A and M because they're only losses to Alabama, but I think if you have two ACC and two SEC teams, you're you're going to have a lot of people that are going to tune that out just because of uh, their perceived bias or what have you. So I'm going to actually say Cincinnati uh, gets into that fourth spot. Uh, Sean, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I, I think that's a sloppy bunch of teams, and you have a sure. couple more you could maybe make a case for. Um, I mean, it's real hard when you're looking at two lost teams, but you know, much like we were trying to make the argument of one lost team over you know, maybe a weak or undefeated team, something like that, if it comes down to a two-lost team over a one, uh, that college football committee is going to try to find the best team uh, available. Um but in that case, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a clear-cut best team. I mean, Georgia probably is, but they're in the end discussion probably isn't going to be right, there. Right, because they lost twice. Um, so, so I do like the idea of putting the smaller school in uh, and just kind of you know letting it letting it play out. Just because the larger schools you know kind of don't have that resume coming in. Uh, the the one school that that I I think has a shot yet. Uh, other than those, and, and may find them wasting it, and I think should be in the discussion, is BYU. Uh, BYU is is there, uh, and they have throttled teams. Now, have they played um, a tremendous schedule? No, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, has Cincinnati either. Uh, BYU's flashy. Uh, the quarterback's a, a pretty big uh, commodity as far as NFL scouts are looking at. Uh, they, they seem to really love this kid, and um, – it's not a it's not a hapless schedule. I mean, Boise State is Boise State, but um, it's not like they're squeaking by anybody. I mean, they, they, their points for points against is one of the most impressive things I've seen in a while. I don't care who you play, uh, but um, but I think that's a team that might sneak in too. Uh, I mean, it may it may take a Cincinnati stumble for that to happen, sure. but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's still it's a it's a D one program. It's it's probably going to be an undefeated program, and they're probably going to have outscored pretty much everyone else in the NCAA. Um, so th- so that shows some excitement. Uh, I would still like them over anyone from the Big Twelve. I don't think Iowa State. I, I I think Oklahoma was pretty much their only chance. Oklahoma State may have been their last chance. I I, I don't like Iowa State getting enough votes to get there. Uh, I would say one of those two teams. All right, Nick. How about you? I, you know, looking at the standings, you know, as there's as the rankings as it is right now, if Cincinnati wins out and wins the AC, AAC championship game, I can't. Uh, if Ohio State is deemed ineligible, right, and that's our scenario. And that's the play, yeah. That's the play. Cool. Then Cincinnati go, has to get in there at number four because if you look at Texas A and M, they may not play in their you know, in the conference championship, Florida, they, they'll play Alabama. And if they lose, that's two losses, they're out. Right. So, and then the next team after that is Cincinnati. You can't leapfrog Georgia. They're not going to be play. They, they might not, you know, obviously they may not, they, they might not even play in the championship game. Iowa state, you guys said it well, you know, good team. Can't see them leapfrogging Miami. No Oklahoma. No Indiana. No. 
BYU would be a dark horse. The problem is, I think they're ranked too far down to make it. Yeah, t- and it's it's that resume. I yeah, mean, it's that resume. Yeah, based on so, like where they where they got ranked tonight, you know, in the in the other polls, there were like seven or eight, and they're all the way down at thirteen in this one. To me, that tells you what the college football playoff committee thinks about BYU. Exactly. I think BYU would need something else to shake up next week, like before the yeah. You'd need to see Cincinnati loss. A couple of those teams to fall out first. Now, everybody that knows me for many years on the radio circuit knows that this time of year is my favorite time of year for college football <laughs> because I always scream the word Armageddon because that's what it needs to take for teams like a BYU or Boise State or Cincinnati or someone like that to have those teams in front of you all lose and possibly lose bad in order for them to get to jump to the ranking that we have. This year – I can actually say without a shadow of a doubt that if Ohio State doesn't doesn't get the eligibility, then Cincinnati is going to be the fourth team. It, it, to me, unless Cincinnati trips over itself a hundred times over to the finish line, to me that's the that's the right call for them to make. Now Alabama Cincinnati in the first round. Okay, yeah, you know, stranger things have happened in college football. We've seen it. But, you know, the sin- Jim said it best. The Cinderella story comes out. Everybody will jump on the Cincinnati bandwagon so they can take down big, bad Alabama and Nick Saban. You know, you get a, rem- a, a possible – that the, the problem also that I see with this ranking, though, is you may actually get a th- rubber match between Notre Dame and Clemson yeah. Yeah. at two versus three. Now – if Notre Dame were to lose, now here's a scenario, Jim, that I I, I know you're you bleed to the colors of the blue and gold for Notre Dame, but there's a doomsday scenario that I have to point out here. If Ohio State holds its eligibility, if Notre Dame loses to Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, and the CFP committee sees that they possibly, I'm not saying they will, but possibly start to, in the back of their mind, dismiss that win in the regular season because Trevor Lawrence didn't play. And if Cincinnati finishes the year undefeated in the AAC, there is the crazy possibility. It's crazy. We've seen it happen. The college football committee has done nutty things in in prior years when it especially when it comes like to the big programs but could possibly Notre Dame now Adam you know me I believe the fighting Irish just as much as you do a lot longer but could it be possible that Notre Dame gets left out of the national championship of the excuse me of the college football playoff and Cincinnati sneaks in at number four, I don't think so, Tim. Uh, I think the only way I think the only way that 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 realistically happens is if Florida wins a close SEC title game over Alabama, and Clemson beats Notre Dame by like two touchdowns, and Ohio State stays eligible. I don't think I I I truly don't think that there's a scenario again, barring a a blowout in the ACC title game that sees an undefeated Cincinnati get in over Notre Dame. 
and it and it and it is, and it is based on resume. It, and I also, I'm going to play this card. It's also based on money. Like Cincinnati yeah. is so much more less valuable to the college football playoff, especially in this year when ratings are down, viewers are down, uh, and 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 things like you know just money in college football and in all sports across the board are down. Notre Dame in the college football playoff is infinitely more valuable than Cincinnati. So I, I don't think, again, barring a blowout, I, I don't think there's a, a, a realistic scenario that an undefeated Cincinnati gets in over Notre Dame. How, like I said, if if Notre Dame loses, but it, 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 you see Florida beat Alabama, Ohio State remain its eligibility, win the Big Ten title game, and do all of those things convincingly – then there's going to be an interesting conversation. I still personally think, as long as it's within a couple of touchdowns, I think Notre Dame's in either way. I truly do. But, I mean, it's I'm all for chaos as long as Notre Dame isn't part of the chaos, especially yeah, I don't think this have year. To worry about. I think that value you're talking about in a, in a season like this, especially Notre Dame, because like even if you're thinking about it and you, you have Notre Dame at your four and you're like, do we slide Florida or – I mean, you can Florida can have the resume they want. I think it's going to take a lot for one of those teams. Uh, like you said, I mean, it would have to be a landslide. And even in that scenario, it would have to be a lot on the other side because Notre Dame being in discussion, like you said, is great for college football because either you're right and Notre Dame wins and gets to the title game and you look like a genius or you're wrong. And, and whether Notre Dame succeeds or Notre Dame fails, it's good it for generates college football. discussion <laughs> and it did like – because those are all the people that watch Notre Dame either want to see them win or want to see them lose. There's nobody watching them just to catch the game. Yeah, I'm just so, playing the devil. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. Oh, sure, yeah, no, sure, I, I, absolutely. I, I do that, but, but yeah, I just, I just reason, don't see. I'm with I'm with Jim. I don't see a lot of scenarios. Um, I know. I what do you definitely call, not with saying, Cincinnati. I'm just saying we have seen crazier things happen in college football, and I know those presidents on the college football committee. They usually look at things with a fine tooth comb. And the only thing that the, the only thing that's always going to be in the back of my mind is this. Notre Dame beat Clemson. Yes, we understand that 100%. It was a great game. They did it without Trevor Lawrence on the field. A friend of mine who's a big Notre Dame fan as well said, Notre Dame, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You're damned if you do because you beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. You're damned if you don't if you lose to Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. They'll be that would be considered, you know, a a bad loss in some minds of college football pundits. Now we're in the situation that we're going to see Notre Dame play Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, barring something catastrophic that happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm just worried. And I really and truly am about this, that with Trevor Lawrence, what happens? What happens if it's a 21, 24, 27 point victory for? for I think you just show up and play your game and, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it's. I think if both teams play their best. I don't, I don't see that kind no, of landslide. No, yeah. I'm with you guys. I'm just worried that if it's a three touchdown or more. Well, and, and if it's a three touchdown game, Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be in a playoff. I'll say that. Because, you know, it, it, once again, the, it, it's – yeah, and, and Dana here in the comments says they want ND in the money in the playoff as well. But, like, I, I think the – I think the, the, the thing is if, if, they don't, if they don't show up, then that's 
that's the typical Notre Dame storyline. But if, if you look over the, 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 the course of this schedule, now again, it's not murderer's row. It isn't. But Notre Dame did what they were supposed to do and more in every game except for that Louisville game that ended up 12-7. to They had that one scare. Everything else was a dominating win. I don't think I don't think you can look at Notre Dame's schedule and comparatively speaking to Alabama to Clemson to anybody else in the country and and look over them and say this schedule isn't good enough. I mean again if you get blown out that's a different well, I'm story. I'm with you especially in a shortened season. In a shortened season especially not I, against the Cincinnati. Yeah. Who's yeah, I to beat a UCF and yeah you blew out of Memphis who wound up to be overrated at the beginning of the year and you blew out a Houston team that usually scores a lot of points. But I mean it's not like there's anyone in that AAC that you know, people, you know, we mentioned it with BYU, like, who did you play? You know, I, I would kind of, if, if, if that fine-tooth comb you were talking about, if, if Cincinnati's the team in question, if it were Florida, you know, like James said, that's a little bit different. But um, with Cincinnati, that fine-tooth comb, you start picking through that schedule, and you're like, wow, these teams really weren't that good. Well, so- here's, here's something that may have that may happen as well, and this will be my – I know you guys are going to be busy doing the rest of your show and stuff like that, but think about this. What happens if Florida beats Alabama? That's the and that's the scenario we think would make it more interesting. Yeah, and, and that's that's where that's where I go. How big did Florida beat Alabama? How how big did Clemson beat Notre Dame? Um, you know, how convincingly did Ohio State win their games against Michigan State, Michigan, and and the problem I think for Ohio State too is the fact that Wisconsin is ineligible. So you're going to beat a Wisconsin team that just lost to Michigan or a Northwestern team that just lost to Michigan State. Or you're going to beat an Iowa team that is not even what Iowa football uh, has traditionally been. So um, I, 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 I really do think that that as long as it's even within two touchdowns, I, I think right. Notre Dame's safe. If you get to three, four touchdowns um, and, and all other pieces fall against Notre Dame, then it becomes a little bit harder. Uh, but but I, I don't necessarily... And ironically, no one in this conversation has brought up the similar scenario happening to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to start a whole other discussion, but, you know, if we're bringing up hypotheticals, you know, say Florida comes out and that kid makes a name for himself in the Heisman race and Alabama comes out flat. doesn't happen often, but it can happen to anybody at any day. Florida jumps out to lead, wins that game by three or four touchdowns. And uh, Notre Dame loses sure, because, in a close one. because Alabama. Does Alabama fall out to a team? Because I don't think they do. I don't think anybody, even with a big loss to Florida, doesn't doesn't put Alabama in and I think that that's kind of one of those like I said there's those Mount Rushmore teams and I feel like in a season like this Notre Dame is like just under those Mount Rushmore teams of like we got to find a way to get these guys in so either way I I, I don't see it changing a lot short of COVID on Ohio State yeah uh, I, I think as long as they play in a title game and don't lose I think you're already looking in my opinion at 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 the uh at the college playoff I don't I don't see a lot shaking up that's that's the I think that's the bottom line. We've all we've all kind of crossed. Ohio it. State's B team can probably beat some Big Ten A teams any day. Can't beat COVID. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Day sends his squad, sends a skeleton squad just to make them out, just to just make them eligible. And that skeleton squad still has some four and five star players that haven't seen the field yet, and will probably knock the living hell out of whoever they have to play in order to get in order to get sure. Them. That that's assuming that the team on the opposite side is eligible as well. Jake here says Cincinnati uh, needs everything to go right for them to get in. Uh, he feels they're not a college football uh, playoff caliber team. All right, so we're gonna run through. We have uh, I have I, I threw together five games 
uh, here to pick against the spread. We'll go a little bit kind of rapid fire here uh, as we had yeah, some good hammer. discussion here on, on the uh, on the start. Uh, so I have a, the the site of College Game Day this week. Actually, Liberty nine and one at uh, number twenty. This is actually in the AP poll because I pulled them, but I think they're eighteen uh, in the playoff. Coastal Carolina nine and zero. They're a seven point uh, home favorite. This one two o'clock Saturday uh, on ESPNU. The over under fifty seven. Um, I have Coastal Carolina uh, winning this game and actually carrying the, the seven points. Uh, and I'm going to go over as well. I think we're going to see a lot of scoring in this one. But uh, good to see uh, Liberty and Coastal Carolina on the national stage like this. Uh, yeah, I, I would. Um, I think I'm going to roll right with you, uh, Jim. I, I think. Um, I think a few weeks ago we had Liberty covering a 30 some point spread, and and we both took it and we both hit it. Uh, they were cruising high, ran into an NC State team, lost, took a little wind out of their sails. Uh, I love, we both love everything going on in Coastal Carolina. I like, I too like them to cover the spread. Like to see them in a New Year's Bowl. I'll take the uh, over as well. Nick, how about you? I'm going to make it three for three. I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. And as far as them making a New Year's Day bowl, it would be one of the greatest stories in college football or none. And I would I would pay if I were allowed to go to a stadium <laughs> and watch Coastal Carolina play in a, in a New Year's Day bowl, I would actually do that. Yeah, Jake brings up a good point here. Undefeated against the spread is uh, is Coastal Carolina. So, um, and that was Jake calling the kicker hasn't missed all year. That was Jake <laughs> calling that one. So we've all got that game wrong. Then we go to uh, – and, and it, honestly, this is not a good week for college football. There's a lot of bad games, not much in the way of uh, two top 25 teams playing each other. Uh, so I kind of pulled some large spreads here, one of them uh, being 2.30 Saturday on NBC, the team we were just talking uh, – Pretty long-winded about uh, Notre Dame hosting one and nine Syracuse, number two Notre Dame nine and zero, oh. uh, thirty-two and a half point favorites uh, this Saturday in the home finale. Um, you know, I look at it. I look at this, and I'm I'm I haven't done it all year. I'm going to go Notre Dame plus the points. You know, I I think they're looking at the fact that especially with the ne- next week's game being canceled, they want to make sure that they don't leave any doubt in the college football playoff committee's mind. Notre Dame plus, and I'm going to take the over. Notre Dame might uh, hit close to that over themselves, fifty one and a half. So, Sean, what about you? Um, yeah, it, it's real hard just uh, being a Notre Dame fan, picking them to cover a spread this big, and even this year, uh, they've won games handedly, but uh, haven't really seen this. Uh, but Syracuse is bad. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Notre Dame to cover for the same reason. I think I don't think they need to. No, they definitely want to, especially on that senior stage. And um, I, I think though I'm, I'm going to take the spread, but I'm going to take the under. I, I feel like they're they're not going to score enough because uh, I, I think there's a chance Syracuse comes out of this with three or six points. I'm <laughs> especially take against Notre that Dame. defense. <laughs> We're going to cover the thirty plus, uh, but stay under fifty one. <laughs> Very good, Nick. How about you? You guys are going to hate me. This is screaming, screaming <laughs> crappy. You, you know when you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, why them? Why now? <laughs> why? Notre Dame will win. There's no doubt about it. They will not cover. And it's good. They, the reason why they won't cover is because they're only going to win by 31 points. <laughs> this is one of those games. This is one of those games where that's why I almost took Syracuse in this. It's because of like a thirty-point win. I'd be happy with a thirty-point win. Where you see the where you see half, and you're like, I just can't do it. Do and I'm I'm going to say, oh, what was the over again? Uh fifty-one and a half. 
41-10. There's your final score. <laughs> under. That's lot, how it's going to end. A lot of pissed off betters is what you're saying. Pretty much. Pretty much. And I got a scary feeling it's going to be 10-10 at the half, and then Notre Dame will score 31 unanswered points in the second half. If it's 10-10 at the half, I'm going to be blinded drunk on Saturday. I'm going to tell you that right now because I am everything else this year has given me. I don't need to be that stressed out about Notre Dame Syracuse. All right, let's continue. The only game two top 25 teams playing each other. Uh 5 and 1 Indiana uh travels to number 16 Wisconsin who's only 2 and 1. Uh very 14 point uh home favorite 50 and a half uh is the uh, over under this one 330 on ABC. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I know Wisconsin's good. I know Indiana, uh, has, you know, is, is missing, uh, their starting quarterback, but you know, the, Wisconsin, they played once they were off for a couple weeks. They played again. They're off for a couple more to me. That that's hard to find any rhythm. This Indiana team still believes in themselves. I think Wisconsin wins this game, but I like Indiana to cover the, cover the 14. I like the under though. I, I think both teams are going to struggle to score a little bit. Uh, and you can go ahead and lock this one up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Sean, we go to you. Uh, yeah, I um, this is one of those big horror stories. I mean, I think you know Indiana, you know, had a potential Heisman winner this year uh, under center had they found a way to beat Ohio State. Uh, and I see my man Jake here in the comments. Next year's Heisman winner out for IU. Wisconsin wins. Uh, I'm with you. Wisconsin wins. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover. Uh, I think Wisconsin already had their slip. Um, I'm going to take the. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to take the over. I'm going to go the other way. I think this is going to be a you know one where Wisconsin jumps out ahead. Indiana is trying to play catch up, and Wisconsin just keeps it out there. Uh, and they're going to run the ball, but that Wisconsin runs the ball like most teams pass the ball. So so I think it's going to still be pretty fast. Um, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover, but uh, heck of a year for Indiana either way, and I look forward to watching that kid next year. Nick, how about you? Phoenix is out. We know that. We it's know so, that. It's hard. I, I, I feel so bad for the kid. It's not even funny. I still believe in Indiana. I still believe. That's a team that will go out there and punch Wisconsin in the mouth and say, just because we don't have our star quarterback doesn't mean we're going to knock the living crap out of you. Indiana beats Wisconsin, and I'm taking the over. Very nice. Uh, Sean, I do want to wrap, I do want to wrap back uh, this past weekend uh, against the spread. I was 3-0. and uh, You were 2-1, and so that puts me at 24-17 and overall. Uh, I gained one game back on you. You were 28 and 13 overall on the season. Of course, we lost the uh, Oklahoma game uh, from last week's picks. Um, so that's why there was only three games on the agenda. All right, then we go to ooh, 0-8 Vanderbilt uh, at number nine, Georgia, 6-2. and two. They are a 33.5-point uh, home favorite. 53.5 uh, is your over-under on this one, 4 o'clock on the SEC Network. Uh, look, I mean – uh, obviously, Vanderbilt uh, with Sarah Fuller was it was a feel good story this past weekend. Uh, but they fire their head coach. They're zero and eight. They're a terrible football team. Uh, you know they 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 had Fuller kick the second half kickoff because I'm pretty sure that was the only time she was getting on the field. Um, George is going to win this game. George is going to cover the thirty three and a half. Uh, uh, I'm going to go under though because I I don't know if Georgia hits fifty fifty four points to cover that over, because I don't think Vanderbilt's scoring anything. Sean? 
Yeah, this 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 is not a one of those. Ugh, I hate picking spreads this big. Oh my god. Um, you know, just because the spread's large and we haven't differed on anything yet, I'm going to take Vanderbilt to cover. Uh, okay. Change their coaches. Uh, maybe you believe in something. Maybe Georgia just isn't that phenomenal. Now, Georgia does want to cover here. Georgia wants to win this by about 100 points to make any <laughs> shot at a playoff realistic. But uh, And you still need a Florida loss. But um, but I'll, t- I'll take Vandy to cover. Why not? That's a huge spread. I'm probably going to miss this one, and, and you'll gain another game. But uh, uh, but I'll take that. And um, because I need them to cover, I'm going to have to take the over. All right, Nick, how about you? Georgia and the under. Uh, this, <laughs> I see this like – I see fifty-one nothing. Vanderbilt's so bad that <laughs> it's, it's bad. My my nine my nine year old, all sixty-five pounds of him, could probably play better than half the Vanderbilt <laughs> players right now. That 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 this oof. bad, real bad. All yeah, right, they, did, they hung up thirty-five on a Kentucky squad earlier in the year, so maybe Kentucky also bad. <laughs> <laughs> they gave up 38 though. sorry sorry yeah. sorry to our cousin gene ellen she lo- she lives in kentucky she's like a season ticket holder in a normal year to kentucky basketball kentucky football but that team's bad i don't know what happened they looked pretty good last year um i just i, I they're bad too all right then we uh we, we close up the college football slate with number three clemson they're eight and one a 22 point road favorite at four and five uh virginia tech 66 and a half uh, is your over under on this one seven thirty uh, on ABC? What a crappy night game, um, but it's a, a crappy weekend slate. I'm gonna go with. I, I, I'm gonna stick with what I wrote down. I'm, I'm actually kind of regretting it. I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech to cover, and by cover I mean lose by twenty one. Uh, but I'm gonna take the over here. Uh, I think you know Virginia Tech's defense is not gonna be able to slow them down. Their only hope is gonna be able to score points. So Virginia Tech to cover uh, and the over, Sean. Uh, I agree with you on the over. Uh, and, again, this might be the one that saves me, gets me that game back. I'm going to take Clemson to cover this one. I think this one's going going to do everything that you thought uh, the Vanderbilt game was. Virginia Tech, obviously, much better than Vanderbilt. Uh, but Clemson um, still trying to build that resume a little bit after the loss to Notre Dame. They want to do everything in their power uh, just in case they need it. Uh, and I think they do it this week. So Clemson to cover. And, Nick, how about you? This is the game – that I actually circled for this weekend because it's Blacksburg. It's a night game. It doesn't matter if there's a crowd or no crowd. (laughs) When you play enter Sandman and you know what that means when Virginia tech with the lunch pails are ready to play. Yeah, I just don't see it happening this year. It's going to be Clemson. You know, it's going to be – what do you call it? I had this game – this damn COVID. I had this game circled if there were 70,000 screaming yeah, in yeah. the crowd. Totally would change the dynamic. But it's just not the same in Blacksburg with no crowd. You got to go with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. Now, I think Virginia Tech will cover. They will. But Clemson definitely wins the game. All right, we uh, Nick, we are going to uh, before we get to our commercial break, uh, we are going to let you go here. Uh, appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on again uh, in in the future. Uh, but let people know where they can follow you, and and uh, if there's anything going on. I know you don't have your your normal weekly show anymore, but you pop up every now and again. Uh, so just let people know where they can keep track of you. 
My name is Nick Ficarelli. I am the Mad Scientist of Sports. I was the former host of the Mad Scientist Sports Lab, which was actually right here at one time on NGSC Sports. But right now, you can find me on Facebook. Just type my name, Nick Ficarelli II. You can find me on Twitter at NAF underscore sports. And uh, you can see me popping up on many podcasts as a guest along the way. And uh, if you haven't seen me on another certain podcast here on NGSC Sports or like a debate that everybody still talks about <laughs> today, uh, what do you call? I also joined Jim on his uh, on his wrestling podcast. And uh, Jim, thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure meeting you, sir. Pleasure. Nick. Just don't like the jerseys that you have out right now. God. <laughs> But, There's a uh, lot of folks in my circle that also. I'll say, if Sean's being honest, he probably doesn't like at least one of them at this point. But uh, we're, we'll give a little teaser. We're going to touch on that guy after the break. Stick with us. Huddle up live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back, Huddle Up Podcast, live here on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, just Sean and Jim here for the uh, second portion of the show. Again, thank you to Nick uh, for joining us there in the uh, in the first half. I think we'll have Matt and Dave back with us uh, next week, so uh, should have the full crew back together. Uh, but Sean, we uh, have have an interesting topic here in the NFL, and I think uh, you have uh, have one as well. Uh, before we uh, before we get to our NFL pickums uh, for the week, um, yeah, we alluded to it that uh, you got the, uh, the the guy in, in your jersey in the background. Uh, it's been one of the bigger stories, I think, um, in the National Football League this year, especially uh, in the uh, NFC East. Um, as bad as the NFC East has been, you, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that. Um, you know, but by all accounts, when they're healthy, at least, uh, should be uh, right up there with some of the best teams in the league. But, but as we've seen, and especially last night on full display in prime time, uh, Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz just just not what he used to be, what he was. I think before uh, he had some of the the injury issues uh, a few years back. 
we know that 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 uh, you know Doug Peterson had had worked uh, Jalen Hurts in a little bit in, in some of the first team reps at practice last week. Only got two snaps last night. Um, so now the kind of the question comes up: like, is it time? Even if it's just for a week, I'm not saying that that you're completely right off Carson Wentz because I, I I don't think that that's necessarily the answer. However, right now, uh, it it just really doesn't seem to be working uh, too well with with Carson there in Philly. Like you, you know, you're I mean, obviously, I'm a Cowboy fan. You're an Eagles fan. What's the answer here? Is it is it is it do you, do you put Carson on the bench for a week? Uh, do you give you see what you have? Uh, in Jalen Hurts, like what? What necessarily uh, is the answer right now with Philadelphia? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think there's there's points to be made both ways, uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm sticking with Doug Peterson right now. Uh, I don't mean as my coach. I mean on his stance. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, people keep throwing up the the stats that uh, Carson Wentz is leading in. Uh, when one of those three is sacks. Uh, are some of those his fault? Sure. Uh, you know, when you're holding on to the ball too long, uh, maybe you're misreading some guys. Um, but from what I've seen in the last few weeks, he's done a lot to limit that. He's not he's not throwing it away as much as I'd like to see him, uh, but he's getting out of the way. He had a couple uh, – he had one that should have been intentional grounding uh, this past weekend he, that he didn't get called for, but he was still doing his best uh, to, to, to make some plays and get out there. Um, having said that, you know – I'm not going to lie to you. I signed Jalen Hurts in a fantasy league this week, put him <laughs> on my bench just in case. Because I, I, I'm so baffled by the coaching staff right now as far as um, everything from play calling to personnel to, um, you know, things like that, that, that I don't know what they're going to do. Um, now, Doug Peterson's a pretty loyal guy. And um, if you're going to ask me, is Carson Wentz, is Jalen Hurts better than Carson Wentz right now? No. So I, I think that, you know, um, could he provide a spark? I guess maybe, uh, but this was the first week he really got full reps with the first team offense, and maybe they're just waiting for a few more weeks of that. Um, but the guy, I mean, Carson Wentz has had just a shifting, uh, like shifting sands in front of him on the offensive line. Not to mention at the wide receiver position, uh, you, you lost your best, arguably your best offensive player, Miles Sanders, for a handful of games. You know, so you you've had to kind of mix and match. Uh, personnel, play choices, and and the Eagles don't have an easy schedule, and, and they certainly don't have one coming up. Um, so, I mean, if you're asking me in front of the line that's given up that many sacks, and say you believe in Jalen Hurts to be the future of the team, hypothetically, if you need him to be, I would not feel comfortable throwing him into a situation where you're going to play against Green Bay and New Orleans uh, for your next couple games. Um now, Carson has a stat, and I see Ryan here, uh, 10th different starting offensive line in 11 games. Uh, hard to hold him responsible. It's hard to hold him responsible for their play. Carson does have his issues. Uh, the picks are not all his fault, but most of them are. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'd say more than half. Um, and, um, yeah, I see here with the, the receivers over six feet, we've, we've, uh, Thrown Alshon Jeffrey back out there. Now he's got two big tight ends. One of them's out too, Pro Bowl. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so and the other one was out for a period of time. Richard Rodgers was a starting tight end for a handful of games. So there's been a lot of things, you know, and, and you have to kind of figure out what you have. And before you go, I, I don't think Carson Wentz, if the issue because he's there was a, a stat of throws off target, uh, incompletions off target. 
Uh, and Carson Wentz apparently leads that category. I don't know who's tat- tallying that up. I certainly didn't. <laughs> but um, if that's, that's the case, then there is something to be worked on. Now, are some of those off-target throws receivers out of position? I saw two or three of those throws last night where a receiver zigged when he he felt they should have zagged. <laughs> so I, I I still don't know if if you know you have guys you know a walk on from Old Dominion, a former college quarterback, um, a tight end that's trying to become the next starter, uh, and beyond that, you know you have a kind of a washed up Alshon Jeffrey. I, I'm still not real sure what we're looking at. So and I, and I think because of that, it's it's real hard to hand it to a guy that. That could be. And the city of Philadelphia, the most popular athlete in the city of Philadelphia is the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) It doesn't matter who is starting. It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, I've watched it several times with with Nick Foles behind uh, the starting job and then Nick Foles in the starting job. With Michael Vick as the backup, Michael Vick as the starter. The Detmers. Like all these guys, the Detmers. um, (laughs) Oh, he's going to be – got to get that guy in. And they get him like – then two weeks later, string him up. You know what I mean? Like – there's a reason some of these guys are backups. And in Jalen Hurts' example, no one's really sure what Jalen Hurts is, is real out of college. I mean, there's definitely a lot of talent there. A lot of scouts liked him, and, 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 I, and I hope he does well, especially if he's on my team. But y- you don't know. And right now, technically, you're not out of it. If you're willing to throw in the towel and say, you know what, if we get there, we get there, but we're fine just sitting where we are and not doing anything, then you know, I think in a couple of games you may see him. But right now, you have you, you know, you're a half game out in a in a hapless team. And if you think you have the talent anywhere, and the defense showed me, there's talent there on that side. Sure. Sometimes that's good enough. So if you can find any speed in the offense, you might have a chance. I don't see any reason to sit Carson Wentz right now. You want to keep bringing him in for gadget plays. That's one thing. But stop. Don't ever sell to Carson Wentz, a guy that's making those kind of minimal mistakes and like the little things. Don't do anything to crack his confidence more because he already is angry at himself. Sure. You know that. So if you start to let him believe in any semblance beyond like the owner whispering in your ear that you, the coach, are starting to lose faith in him, then you may as well put in Jalen Hurts. The, the way the thing I look at it is this. Yeah, I don't I don't think Carson Wentz is is the only issue or even the biggest issue with the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. Um, the, the, there are definitely times where, where he is making poor decisions. He is, he is, um, unsteady. I know Ryan here said that, uh, you know, hurries, hurries and sacks, uh, equal unstable quarterback play as well. Um, but, but to me, you know, and, and I, I also think the state of the division makes this, makes this choice for Doug Peterson harder because you are still in the hunt. At, at at three seven and one, you're 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 a half game out. You know the Dallas Cowboys at three and eight are two games out or a game out. So like it, it's it's there. There's no easy answer here. If the Eagles were three games out with four games to play, I, I think it's a lot easier to hey let's see what what Jalen can do. Let's give Carson a chance to clear his clear his head. And yeah, you said Packers New Orleans coming up. That that's a hard road as well. Um, you know, to me, I I just. I I think that I just see a Carson Wentz that is different than the Carson Wentz before injury. Now, how do you restore his confidence? Will it ever come back? And all of that 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 I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know the 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 master answer to that question. But to to me, I, I, I the the I, the problem I think I would have more if I'm an Eagles fan or if I, if I'm just looking at this from a a, a football mind is. Why is Jalen Hurts getting, and I don't know how many, 
first-team reps he got a week ago. But why is he getting first-team reps and then only playing two snaps in the game? Like, why are you taking that that away from Carson Wentz when he clearly needs work right now for all the various reasons that you hit on? Why are you taking away well, reps? Well, the only from- thing I gathered from that when I saw the two reps was that it may have been some smoke and mirrors in the event. Um, I, I suppose. but In the event that – because what I thought was, is there a chance that Carson Wentz was pulled aside to work on things like trajectory? They mentioned it in the, in the game last <laughs> night that his uh, – yeah, the Eagles not drafting DK Metcalf. I sure. hadn't heard that. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Nobody's pointing that out. I don't even. <laughs> I didn't even know we had a shot at him. Um, yeah, but like, there's there's a lot of other questions, and I, maybe it's a chance that Carson Wentz was was working one on one with quarterback coaches, trying to figure something out on the delivery or the things like that. And while that was going on, Hertz was on the because when they're reporting that, it's what they saw. Sure, it's not like it's not like. Um, you know, the coaching staff came out and was like, hey, we're going to give Hurts this many reps because we're definitely getting him in there. There was just a lot of speculation. And maybe there was plan to get him on the field more. But Wentz was looking athletic. And, and you know, the first few drives were, were hapless. But uh, I don't think you're going to bail on him there. I think it was maybe an opportunity to get him in in the second half if either things were out of control uh, or something like that. But but the Eagles found themselves in a game. And, and you know, Wentz was driving. I'm sure he was making mistakes once he was on the doorstep. But... <laughs> Um, I, I don't think that we look that bad come, you know, middle of the second quarter and on. And I think maybe you're just like, you know what, let's let him keep getting the reps and, and hope we, because if you honestly believe Jalen Hurts was going to be your answer going into a Green Bay game next week, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Unless somehow Aaron Rodgers gets hit by a car, you know, like that would be your only Dumbass. hope at that point. So, <laughs> so let's, um, you know, and then hope he has state farm. Uh, but <laughs> you know, either way, plug that in this this portion brought to you by no i'm just kidding we're, we're yeah, not they're not paying us <laughs> yeah we're not sponsored by them uh but either way I, I just there's a lot of reasons why he may have had reps maybe Wentz had to go somewhere <laughs> who knows uh if the practice is going on they're gonna throw him in so so i'm not gonna speculate yeah like ryan says here could have been a a, a plan to make seattle plan for hurts a little bit possibly um i i also think that that nfl coaches probably um probably know that game yet I think another thing with the Eagles is, is the coaching decisions. Um, you know, what was it with two-point conversion at the end? Yeah, some people lost some money. Some people lost some money on the touchdown as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's. I also think that, that a thing that makes this decision to keep Wentz in the game uh, and to keep Wentz as your starting quarterback, the thing that makes this a little bit easier for Doug Peterson is the fact that COVID exists – and you can't have a crowd in Philadelphia because if you have uh, what is it seventy thousand or, or whatever the link holds with uh, with, with as as much as as Carson has struggled or the team has struggled, the easiest p- place to blame that is the starting quarterback. If you have a, a full Lincoln Financial Field, uh, at, you know, sitting in in that stadium. Um, I think I think the 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 switch to car to uh, Jalen Hurts happens a little bit quicker as well, just based on 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 the crowd and the way they're going to react to that game. So, All right. well, Wentz is also an emotional player, so you just never know if there's a crowd in the stands. Is it is it enough of a hype? I mean, this is a guy that's played in front of that many people through college at North Dakota State. Sure, I mean, his, his high school games were were you know in in a small podunk town where you know. 10, 12,000 people showed up to him. So, like, he's, he, this is new to him. He doesn't know how to, you know, is he a great football player? I still would like to think so. 
Um, is something wrong? So Talent-wise, absolutely. I'll never you know, deny. Probably, uh, probably something just wrong, and, and I'm hoping it's just getting this personnel and maybe this new line formation sticks and uh, gives them a little bit of comfortability and, and we can move on. Yeah, I'll never deny that the talent of, of Carson Wentz, it, it's it's seemingly post-injuries. The, the, it's more seems more mental at this point. The, 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 sure. the, it, it's kind of hard to... Uh, to get and I think that. if you have someone like a Nick Foles behind him, this may have happened sooner as well. Oh, possibly. Like a proven, yeah. a proven presence, you know, somewhat proven presence as opposed to like a maybe, you know, kind of crapshoot rookie play. Uh, I, I think that I think that may have happened sooner as well. All right. So, Sean, um, before we get to our pickums, this is something that, that you and I have kind of been talking about off the off the air for a couple of weeks and and. Um, I think just based on timing towards the end of the year here, um, it, it it seems to make more sense to hit it this week versus when when the the guy the rest of the crew joins us next week. So, kind of what 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 was this topic and this idea uh, that had kind of been stewing in your head? Well, the idea was finding all of the scenarios that could or uh, that should not happen, uh, but still could mathematically. Uh, you know, obviously picking the Jets to win. Uh, and make the playoffs no longer possible. But find the, the kind of out there unrealistic predictions uh, that, that are mathematically possible but highly unlikely and, and get behind one and sell me on it and, and let me know how that's going to happen. Uh, so, uh, so, so, so that's, that, that's the pitch is, is find me something strange um, that, that, it, that I know you don't believe in in your heart. But I need you to pretend that you do and sell me on the t- on the uh, on the hypothetical. On a quick sidebar here, you had the NHL released um, for, for sale today the uh, reverse retro jerseys uh, for for each team. Uh, Jake asking here about the the new Caps jerseys based on the Screaming Eagle uh, of the '90s. I absolutely love them. That that was a jersey design and a Good logo de- de- design that I always liked. But the thing I always hated was the fact that the Caps went away from red, white, and blue. Like, to me, there was absolutely no reason why the Washington Capitals should have never been red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue should have always been the colors. That, like, teal, black, and copper was just – it was it was asinine. That said, if the Caps brought those back for, like, some random, like, third jersey or an outdoor game or something, I'd probably buy one at this point. They can't hurt me anymore. We've won a cup. But th- th- that's an era that should have never happened. Um, I love them. I'm hoping, uh, cause the caps one sold out like online within minutes, not, not hours, minutes. The, these things sold out the, the capitals team store, uh, at their practice facility in Arlington, uh, had some this evening. I'm on a wait list for a call tomorrow, uh, which would be a Christmas present, which would be a Christmas present to myself if they still have them. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't be shit out of luck, but I absolutely love them. I also think, uh, the avalanche, uh, bringing back the Quebec Nordiques logo. That Avalanche one is phenomenal. That one is sharp. Uh, the Minnesota Wild bringing back the North yep. Stars colors uh, is really solid as well. The the Kings with the, the old purple and yellow. Uh, I absolutely love the Flyers have uh, a a, uh, a play on the 90s, the John LeClaire, Eric yeah, Lindros style. Right, I like that a lot. Those are solid. So I think they, these jerseys as a whole are a oh, solid. Oh, I love it. I, I, I love it. It's it, it's it's 
you know, it's not something you're going to see teams go back to full time. But I love the idea. Of course, the NHL looking to make up some money, uh, and and just based on some of the early sales, I think they they they've made a smart play. Also, while we're on jerseys, real quick, not going to talk about it. Uh, I'm not much for NBA alternate jerseys as a whole, but if you get a chance to take a look at the Miami Heat's Miami Vice unis. Uh, take a look at them. I think I, I think I jersey, saw. I think I saw like those awesome pink and blue, like eighties. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to really go. try and get into the NBA this year because I, live in I feel like I should have one. Just to have there's it. a possibility. So I might just get a Heat jersey this year. There's a possibility uh, that the NHL may not happen or may be delayed uh, into like February, March. So I may have to become an NBA fan because the NFL, the season's running short. Football's running short. I got to have something, uh, to dis- something distract That's me. Right. So go Sixers. Uh, Matt gave <laughs> me the approval to be the Sixers fan uh, back. So, Sean, um, do you want to start with, with one of – I actually have two snares. I have an AFC one and an NFC one. Mine, I have two. One of them happens to just be an AFC. It's not technically one. Okay, so why don't, why don't we start with your first one since it's your right. topic. Well, I'm going to start. I'll, I'll start with my AFC teams. It involves the uh, the most hapless teams at this point, uh, the New York Jets, which you think like, how, oh, man, you thought you said you can't get them to the playoffs. I'm not talking about the New York Jets getting to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Here's my scenario. Yeah, here's my scenario. The New York Jets currently sitting at 0-11. For all intents and purposes, on easy street to tank for Trevor, get themselves uh, the thing. But what would be the most New York Jets thing for them to possibly do would be to even screw that up. And here's how it's going to happen. The New York Jets have a game against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. And for all intents and purposes, a very good football team. But another weak defense. Could be a high-scoring affair. Maybe a mistake happens. I'm going to take the Jets to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) Then they're going to get caught up in a little bit. They're going to lose to the Seahawks, Rams, and and, uh, Browns. uh, But they're going to accidentally, and in an attempt for Adam Gase to maybe say, look what I can do, they're going (laughs) to accidentally beat New England in for Foxborough in Week 17 to have two wins for the regular season. And what that's going to do successfully is leave the door open for a Jacksonville Jaguars team with a revolving door of crummy quarterbacks, including a mustache pretending to be better than that. And (laughs) they are going to lose their next five games uh, including matchups against the Vikings, Titans, Ravens, Bears, Colts. All five are losses. The Jacksonville Jaguars on, finish man. at 1-15. The Jets at 2-14, and 14, giving the Jacksonville Jaguars the first shot at Trevor Lawrence to succeed. Wow. And you take that shot. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely take that I shot. I wanted one where like the Chargers got it, but I, I was looking; it's not mathematically possible. So we'll go with this one. Uh, Jake, I think Jake likes it. He says that would be game changing, but it won't happen. Jake's not. You didn't sell Jake uh, on that one. Accidentally, but Frank Gore single handedly will accidentally stumble for 120 <laughs> yards and two scores to beat the Raiders. I uh, okay. I'm going to start it with my AFC one. Uh, the Miami Dolphins currently uh, seven and four. They're the sixth seed uh, in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills leading the AFC East at eight and three, and the fourth seed in the AFC. East. The Dolphins are going to not only win the AFC East, but and this is this is the caveat here: uh, Tua will not play another snap at quarterback Here's for that. for the Miami Dolphins uh, this year. Uh, Miami's remaining schedule, Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England, Vegas, and Buffalo, all winnable games with the exception of the Chiefs. Uh, Buffalo, their remaining schedule, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, 
uh, New England and Miami. Um, so, you know, both teams, they have games against against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are still trying to figure out what the hell they are, possibly uh, with, with the playoff spot on the line. Um, but Buffalo hasn't convinced me as much as the Miami Dolphins defense has, and I like Ryan that Fitz- defense is good. And I like – and their special teams is good too. They've, they've returned a couple of punts. They've returned a couple of kicks. So that they make plays uh, that, that can kind of mask a, a less-than-perfect offense. But if you look at this Miami team, compare some of the film. I know there's less with Tua. This team has been much better with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. 68.5% completion, 12 touchdown, 8 interception. He has a 73.7 QBR, which puts him at 10th in the league, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, to a 61.9% completion. Again, smaller sample size. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. His QB rating, 62.5 uh, in the games that he's played. Unranked on the on the uh, season scale because he uh, you know he has not played not enough, enough games. games yeah. um, so I think the smart play and just hold on to that thumb injury. You know, you know how those quarterback thumb injuries go. They linger. They, they, they linger. Things. You have a hard time gripping the ball. Uh, so the Miami Dolphins will win the AFC East. Tua will not play another snap at quarterback this year for the Dolphins. I think that's very realistic. I mean, not very, but realistic enough for me to buy it. I, I, I'm all for it. Uh, and, you know, Jake telling us about the beard. You got to believe in the beard. That's true. Believe and in you, the beard. Fitz magic, the beard. You don't need to his thumb to linger the whole way to the playoffs. Just long enough for the fan base and everyone to just get back behind Ryan. Like just two or three weeks where Ryan Fitz back goes out, win a couple games, including one against the including one against the Jets. and, and Week 17, that Week 17 game against Buffalo, they're probably going to come in tied. Huge. Huge game. All right, Sean, what's your other one? All right, here's my other one. Uh, and it goes against everything I said last week, uh, pointing <laughs> out that the Packers are the 1A to the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, the NFC North clearly looks like the Green Bay Packers are running away with this thing, especially uh, with an upcoming schedule. Um, you know, it looks, it looks, hap- it looks harmless. You got Eagles, Lions, Panthers, Titans, Bears. No, just walk away with it. Walk in the sunset. Go ahead and throw uh, throw love in there. It's fine. You don't even need him. Devontae Adams, take a few weeks off. doesn't matter. Uh, the problem is, is a lot of those middle-of-the-road teams are fighting for playoff spots and are going to be hungry. Uh, and we all know in Philadelphia that hungry dogs run faster, which is why, in this scenario, the Philadelphia Eagles find – success on offense for the first time in a handful of weeks the defense continues the assault that started against seattle and we surprised the green bay packers with a loss with a loss in philadelphia then they get the lions i'm not picking the lions to beat the green bay packers (laughs) i'm also not going to pick the i don't know who's playing quarterback i'm not we could be matt stafford it could be who knows who's gonna play either way no one in Detroit is going to scare the Green Bay Packers. However, the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey will come back for one game only one, to leave only again one, and yes. be hurt again and will beat the Green Bay Packers by himself <laughs> only to run into what is then a tough Titans team trying to win that AFC South. They're not going to be a pushover, which is why they too beat the Packers. And then it's a game with the Chicago Bears in Week 17, come on, man. which is a close game. Very close game, low scoring, bad weather. Chicago wins on a very short 22-yard field goal to win the game. 
And who does that open for the door for? Is it the Chicago Bears? No, heavens no. They've already lost a handful <laughs> of games. But I'm going to tell you who isn't going to lose a handful no. of games. Hell it's the no. Minnesota Vikings with games against the Jaguars. A surprise win at Tampa Bay against a team that can't find itself. That same Chicago Bears team gets one of their losses against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings even can afford to drop a game in New Orleans before beating that same hapless Lions team while they're in they're in Detroit, they're in a dome. Who cares about the winter weather outside? We can still slap Matt Stafford around. And they walk through the Detroit Lions while the Chicago Bears surprise the Green Bay Packers to t- have the same record, a better conference record that would put Minnesota with one loss in the division, win a tiebreaker, walk in to the playoffs as the winner of the NFC North. Hinga dinga dargan. Uh, all right, you sold me on that one because this preseason, uh, I was very, very pessimistic about the Green Bay Packers. Oh, don't get me wrong. Green, Aaron Rodgers gets into the playoffs, and, and in my scenario, a few weeks later, he beats the Minnesota Vikings. Probably. But this is just to get in as a as the winner Fair. of the NFC North. But uh, I, I'd have no problem with that. I have no no problem with the Packers stumbling at all. Kirk kissing cousins to, to at least at least make my preseason prediction look mildly almost plausible after the fact. Yeah. All right. So I know I think you and I had kind of talked about it when we were discussing this that you didn't want any anybody to touch anything with the NFC East, but I, I don't listen to you most of the time. It's anyway. fine. Do what you got to do. You, I know which one you're going to play out, and it's the least likely of the scenarios. The Washington the football ahead. team is going to win the NFC East, and they will also win at least one playoff game. At least one so, playoff game. All right, they're 4-7 and seven right now. They're right in the hunt. They're tied with the New York Giants uh, for first place. The Washington football team is the healthiest team in the NFC East. I know that they've had to go through two quarterbacks to get to be the healthiest team in the NFC East, but it's worked out well for them. Daniel Jones out for at least a couple of weeks. We know about the Eagles injuries. I don't even talk about the Dallas Cowboys anymore. Um, Their defense has been playing extremely well over the past couple of weeks, especially that front seven. And that's a key. If you're going to disrupt anybody, no matter how many uh, potential issues you may have on your defensive secondary or on the offensive side of the ball, you want to make changes in a, in a football game, it's that front seven. Disrupt the other team's offense. The Washington football team, very good at that right now. Offense kind of finding their stride as well. I think one of the better run games in the National Football League uh, with, uh, with, with the rookie running back there uh, in Washington. Their remaining games are uh, at Pittsburgh. Now, I know Pittsburgh's undefeated. You and I have talked about, I think, both on the air and on this show that I don't think Pittsburgh is a great undefeated team. Yes, they're undefeated. They're winning games. That's important. However, I think that team is somewhat flawed. Will Washington beat them? I don't know. But Pittsburgh's also been very disrupted over the past couple of weeks. Um, So uh, they're at Pittsburgh. They're playing at San Francisco, which is also at Arizona because San, San Francisco is not allowed to play in their home, uh, home state, so they're disrupted. Then you have games against Seattle, Carolina, and Philly. To me, those are all absolutely winnable, almost must win on a couple of the – or uh, easy win uh, on a couple of those. Then you look at the Eagles and the Giants. They're both banged up. The Eagles, they don't know who should be quarterback. They don't know what their offensive line is. The Giants, they don't know – you know, they don't know the status of, 
uh, Daniel Jones. Philly plays Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas, and then this Washington team uh, and the Giants. Uh, they close out the year. Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Dallas. To me, those, those, with the exception of the Cowboys, those are all games that the Giants can, possibly could, uh, absolutely lose. Yeah, sorry, Ryan, you did miss the uh, synchronized swimming. That was yeah, right. We covered that earlier. That was yeah. right before the break, man. I, I apologize. Yeah. Um, but uh, good. you know, so so to me, I think Washington being healthy, being gaining some confidence over these past couple of weeks, I, I feel like they they are actually on the in, in the lead track, even though. They are tied, but lose the tiebreaker right now. So then, they're going to win out. They're going to win the win the NFC East. Then you look at the fact that currently the leader of the NFC East would play the Rams, who, in my opinion, Washington definitely good enough uh, to disrupt that Rams offense, uh, and and they can definitely score against that defense um, as long as you find a way to stop Aaron Donald. I know that can be difficult, but but I think you find a way to do it, Alex Smith. We know he's not a guy that's going to go out and necessarily win you games, but he's not going to cost you games, which I like that in a quarterback uh, as well. And then if you look at the rest of the NFC East, Washington could have very least put up a fight against every team uh, against uh, except for uh, Green Bay or New Orleans. We've seen crazier things happen in the playoffs. But the Washington football team behind Ron Rivera, and that's another thing as well. Into the divisional round. Into the divisional round. Uh, Riverboat Ron uh, has definitely changed the culture in Washington uh, as well, Dana agrees uh, that Washington has looked very good uh, as of late. But Ron Rivera, I said when he took over that team, uh, that was the that was the most dangerous thing to happen uh, to the uh, NFC East because he was going to change the culture there, and he's done it very quick. It's also more probably because that matchup you have against the Rams in one of the other scenarios I was breaking down wasn't quite far fetched enough to run with. Uh, I had the Rams winning the NFC West, uh, which I don't think is far fetched at all. Uh, with an ailing Kyle, no, ailing so that Kyla could be Murray that could be Arizona, that could be Seattle, Seattle defense. Yeah, uh, you know, and they got two they got two games coming up against uh, Arizona, and they got a chance to uh, one game against Seattle uh, that would give them. They already beat Seattle, uh, so they they would get a chance to get the tiebreaker on both those teams uh, with uh, three wins out of their last five. I like the Rams to to win the West, but wasn't far fetched enough. Um, so that's our that's our take, and I have no problem running that. Any week of the year, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we could re- revisit this, uh, you know, next week or, or what have you. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, it's a, that's a fun little segment to get the brain uh, kind of going in, in in a different way uh, than than we're used to necessarily doing. Um, all right, Sean, we're gonna go with uh, with our pickums here in the NFL. Uh, you and I both uh, went two for two last week. Stupid Cowboys. Um, so I am uh, sitting at twenty three and twenty overall on the season. You are twenty five and eighteen. You maintain the uh, two game lead over me. Uh, final. I think this is the final week for bye week. So uh, it is the Buccaneers and the Panthers uh, are on a bye week this week. Uh, then we start uh, on uh, Sunday one o'clock CBS. It is the eight and three Browns at the eight and three uh, Tennessee Titans, who are a six point home favorite. Uh, 54 is your over under on this one. Um, I gotta, I gotta stay on brand. Uh, I, 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 I bought into the Colts hype. That was probably a little bit of my mistake. Uh, so the, so the Titans, while I will agree that they are the best team, uh, in the AFC South, I don't, I still don't think that means a whole lot. I still don't believe in this Titans team, uh, much, much, uh, at all. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Browns, uh, to cover 
possibly even win this game. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a guaranteed win uh, for the Cleveland Browns, but I like them to cover the six. Um, and uh, I, I will take the over as well. I think. I think these offenses are going to move the ball. Uh, of course, the Titans definitely a better offensive team than defensive. Look, they may. I, I keep trying to sell them to you, and they make it hard at times. But Derrick Henry's there. And Ryan Tannehill is kind of all the arguments you made about Alex Smith, uh, in my opinion. So uh, I'm going to keep selling you on the Titans. Uh, I like the Titans to uh, win and cover. I'm going to take that um, over the Browns, uh, mostly because I hate Baker Mayfield and I think he's a sham. <laughs> uh, the guy just threw his first touchdown pass since week seven. Is that good? Like, throw that out. Throw that out. It's good. You don't have to. You only have to throw him every like eight weeks, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> Tennessee going to win here, going to cover. Um, over under was what number? I have it at fifty four. Yeah, you that's that? where I had it. Fifty four. Fifty four. Um, yeah, only because Derrick Henry's probably just gonna uh, between Derrick Henry and Chubb, uh, they're gonna run the ball a lot. I don't think either team wants to pass on either defense. I'm gonna take the under. Uh, then we go to uh, Sunday four oh five on Fox. The seven and four uh, Rams, a three point home favorite. Uh, or road favorite, excuse me, uh, at the six and five Cardinals, forty eight and a half uh, is your over under. Um, you know, I, I feel the NFC East or NFC West right now. I feel like it's such a hard division uh, to pick. I, I don't think you know Seattle sitting on top, but I, I feel like they're the worst out of the 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 the, the, the three teams in contention. Um, I think that defense is bad. That offense, with the exception of DK Metcalf, is sketchy at best. Like I think Seattle is. You know, if there's an eight and three team that's a bigger fraud than the Tennessee Titans, I think it's the Seattle Seahawks. Um, that said, Arizona uh, laid a huge goose egg this past week. Uh, that offense is starting to stumble. Um, I like them to find themselves this week back at home uh, over this Rams team. I think they cover. I think they win this game uh, and, and and really kind of disrupt things um, in that uh, in that NFC West uh, as well. Uh, and I like the over, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to find that and 48 and a half feels very low. Um, you know, especially with the Cardinals offense that can score a lot. Well, I think that number speaks a lot to the, uh, lack of success from Kyler Murray. I I think that shoulder is not doing real well. Uh, I'm going the other way. Uh, I think the Rams had their stumbling block this week. Um, at least from a, from an offensive standpoint, I think McVay is going to take a lot of, uh, um, you know, kind of, kind of turn that into some motivation to practice. He's going to take it personally and, and turn this around. Uh, and I think with an opportunity to get an early leg up on the Cardinals, like you have against the Seahawks, I like the Rams to win and cover on the road. Um, I like that defense real well, especially if Kyler Murray's uh, ability to run it on you uh, in any way compromised, whether it's fear of a shoulder or a leg or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to take the Rams. I am going to take the over. Um, I don't like it because I think they want you to take the over, so we're probably going to miss that. Uh, but that number is too low for me to, to to ignore. All right, then we go to that four and seven Washington football team. They travel uh, to eleven and zero or ten and one Pittsburgh. We don't know what that'll be until after tomorrow afternoon. Was that like a three forty five p.m. kickoff in uh, uh, in uh, in Pittsburgh tomorrow? Yeah, uh, because um, the, you know the 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 NBC has the uh, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting tomorrow Which night. So, so that is why the uh, the game is in the afternoon. So we won't know. 11-0 or 10-1 Pittsburgh. 10-point home favorite. Uh, 44.5. This one moved to Monday at 5 o'clock. Broadcast details on this game. Ah, shit. I wasn't writing down your picks for the first two. That was my fault. What would you say for – you said Tennessee? 
Tennessee. For the first one, and you said uh, the Rams, right? Yeah, Tennessee under, and I had Rams over. Sorry, I was I was I was making sure things got uh, got posted on the social medias. Uh, okay, so uh, Monday at five o'clock, broadcast details to be announced uh, for this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, tomorrow's game. Yeah, it's in the afternoon, Jake. Um, True that. So, uh, but I believe it's on Fox. So even if you're uh, watching via a, a mobile device, you should be able to pick that one up. Um, you know, obviously, I just laid out a scenario for the Washington football team right. to win the East and, uh, and 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 win a playoff game. Uh, so I like them at least to cover. But I'm going to actually go ahead and say that the Washington football team is going to hand the, the Pittsburgh Steelers their first loss of the season. Uh, this one's going to go over. I like the I like the uh, running game uh, to keep going for Washington. Uh, and you can go ahead, Sean. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. I did it. Lock it up. It's also bizarre picking spreads that are going to change by a ton uh, after tomorrow. Uh, So, anyway, um, no. No, (laughs) no. You can put a lock on it all you want. If you don't pay attention to the the door at the other side of the shed, uh, someone's getting in. Uh, This game, double-digit spread, always makes you want to touch it. Don't touch it. Because the Steelers are going to cover. Uh, Steelers are going to win this uh, fairly handedly. It's going to continue to expose the NFC East against <laughs> legitimate opponents. <laughs> and um, I don't think it's going to be close. And I think um, as far as an over-under, I'll just pick one. You can take the uh, the over, I guess. Um, and you can lock that up. Oh, you're, it's a double lock game. Double lock. lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. That's fair. That's fair. Uh-huh. We'll... Uh... And then we'll close out the uh, the NFC or the NFL slate uh, on uh, Monday night. This is the original scheduled Monday night football game because there are actually three games uh, next Monday. No, because uh, the Cowboys and Ravens moved to next Tuesday night. Uh, originally, it was had had been moved to Monday. Uh, so two games next Monday, one on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll talk. We'll be able to to live look in on the Cowboys. Uh, and Ravens as we're on the air next week. We got the exciting. yeah. Uh, I'm 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 going to be too happy. Well, to this be will too be the one where Lamar Jackson looks like last year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if you have Lamar Jackson, start him in fantasy next week. Uh, eight and three uh, Bills. They're a three point road favorite at the five and six San Francisco Forty Niners. Uh, Forty eight is the over under. This one again played in Arizona. The next two Forty uh, ers home games. Uh, will be played at the home of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, like the 49ers, they got a big win this week. Um, you know, part of me wants to think that they're turning the corner. They got Mostert back. Um, Kittle's going to be back eventually, but I, I just I don't have much faith in this team. They're just way too inconsistent. I mean, so are the Bills in the same time. Um, but I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take them to cover and obviously win. Uh, but I'm going to go under. I don't think either of these teams are very good. I think they're going to find trouble scoring. Just, I think this is going to be an ugly Monday night game the whole way around. Bills plus in the under. Uh, yeah, I'm going with you. Like the whole way through that, I was going to pick the Niners. And I just keep looking at it. And I'm like, I don't trust Nick Mullins. I don't think Nick Mullins trusts Nick Mullins. No. I'm going to take, um, take Josh Allen in this one um, all day. And I, I, I think the Bills are going to kind of exploit that defense a little bit. I'll take the over. I'll go the other way. Okay. So that leaves us with the uh, with with the, with the that, that, that's the pickums uh, for the week, Sean. So obviously, you th- this year you've been uh, awarding the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. So 
Uh, let's find out some of the candidates this week and, and who uh, walks away with that prestigious award. Yeah, we um, had a lot of them. Um, when you have names like Adam Shaheen and CJ Proceis not even getting on the list, it's a pretty impressive week. Uh, but my honorable mentions go to Ito who? Smith and Josh Kelly with touchdowns. Ito, Ito Smith. Uh, third place, a man that made you angry with Naheem Hines on the roster, uh, Jacoby Brissett, arriving again with two more touchdowns rushing. Thing sucks! Second place, uh, we had a wide receiver pass from Cole Beasley to a Gabriel Davis for who? the Buffalo Bills. Who? Didn't see that one coming. Even Josh Allen fans. Why <laughs> would you do that? Uh, and number one, if you had this one and started both these guys in your fantasy league, you deserve a medal for being an idiot. Uh, Mike Glennon to Colin Johnson for the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> is your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the who? week. Who? Who? All the who's. Who the hell is this? Uh, I, look, I have a jingle guy. We're probably going to have something in the works. Hopefully have it in the, in the, next, uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, Glennon to who? Who, who did you just say Colin something. Colin Johnson, Colin Thompson. It uh, doesn't matter. He's a rookie. Apparently a real tall guy going to be maybe good down the road, but not so far, and nobody had him starting, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Jake gives us a woo, not a who. I think I got a woo here. Woo! There's one. <laughs> There's one. All right, Sean, that is going to do it. Uh, for us this week, let people know uh, where they can follow you and, and, and see uh, some of the uh, potential uh, fantasy irrelevant touchdowns of the week as the games go on uh, on a Sunday. Yeah, track it, chirp it, tweet it, whatever you got to do. I'm at, at Sean Shine State, S-H-A-W-N Shine State down here uh, in the Sean Shine City uh, of St. Petersburg. Uh, you can follow me at that on Twitter. Um Always, of course, you can follow me and uh, just hit that Huddle Up podcast uh, page. You know, you can always hear me there, and you can listen to me on Tuesdays complain about what we did. Um, and we got to go Jayhawks, Kansas, uh, out of out of Jake. Uh, yeah, why not? Be sure. Your home state of Kentucky. Go for Sure. Absolutely. All right, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you're following along with the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Instagram is at Huddle Up Pod. Make sure you subscribe to us. On uh, YouTube, as well as all your podcast feeds. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review. We're on Apple. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on Amazon. Uh, anywhere you can find podcasts, make sure you do that. Check out our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And uh, stay tuned at the end of here uh, to hear from Arena Eats. They are the sponsor of our show via NGSC Sports. Until next week, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. podcast is sponsored by arena eats log on to the website arenaeats.app that's arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience at your favorite sports venue arena eats mobile app pre-order express pickup and in-seat delivery how do you place your order